Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome back to The Shit Show. I'm joined, as always, with Nick B. The G. Nick, how the bloody hell are you? <laughs> I'm good, Lucy. Thank you for that fantastic intro. Nick B. The G. I love it. I haven't been called that in years. I know. Well, look, each um, intro, we're getting more and more, like, personal, more and more family history coming out on the pod, and I thought it was time to bring up Nick B. The G. And look, maybe one week we'll get to the story about you crying when you did didn't get offered chocolate because you didn't do the dishes. Ruby, delete that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Keep that in. Nicholas, um, I do have a wee comment to make. So last week we were talking about how I was told to stop singing. No, okay, no, Ruby. Obviously you haven't taken that on board. No, Ruby, you actually can't delete no, no, don't. Ruby, no, don't. Um, well, I got a phone call from a wonderful young listener named Ted. Actually, his mum rang me. I used to babysit Ted, and he's not often allowed to listen to the podcast because there's a lot of swearing, but he really he listened to one, and he really felt like he needed to ring up and say, Lucy, please keep singing. Don't listen to someone in Canada. I like it when you sing on the podcast. So that's... That was the highlight of my week. Oh my God, Ted. I remember you showing me photos of Ted. How is he doing? Ted's so cute. It's actually funny. It's quite topical um, it being Halloween, which we've just realized that Nick says Halloween really weird. He calls it Halloween. Halloween? What about it? Hello- Halloween? <laughs> Hello- All right. Halloween. You. Anyway, you also say studio instead of studio. And like some Look, I'm just quirky, okay? I'm just quirky. Yeah, you are quirky, and I love it. No, but Ted one year dressed up as Harry Potter for Halloween, and he looked so cute. I don't know if people are going to care about this, actually. It's kind of off the point, isn't it? Hmm. He one time dressed up as Harry Potter for um, Halloween, and he also, it was like my first time babysitting, and he ran out of the house because he really wanted to go trick-or-treating while his two sisters were inside, and I couldn't leave them, so I had a runaway Harry Potter on Halloween. Anyway, that's not really shit you should care about, but some shit you should care about is, Nick, what was your weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? So, the weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week, Luce, was all of the world leaders at the climate conference flipping a coin into the Trevi Fountain for good luck with climate change. <laughs> good luck. Like, we've, we can't do anything else anymore. We're just relying on luck. This was actually my weirdest thing of the week, which I owe to you because you found it, posted it on the shit show Instagram, and then naturally I took it and just ran with it. I loved it. And also, have you seen the Lizzie McGuire movie before? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, they do the exact same thing in the Lizzie McGuire movie, and it's just... Oh, I was about to sing again. Oh, my God, I was about to break into song. It's just iconic, and that is... What dreams are made of. <laughs> that, that is what... <laughs> that's what dreams are made of. <laughs> oh, honestly, everyone, we record these episodes at 5pm on Wednesday, hump day, and we're always a bit chaotic at this point. Nick, please, can we just get in to your first news story this week? <sighs> yes, I guess we can. Right. So, Elon Musk pledged to save world hunger. 
So yeah, last week there was a headline floating around uh, suggesting that the head of the UN World Food Programme, or WFP, said that with just 2% of Elon Musk's wealth, they could solve, in quotation marks, you, you didn't see me do it, but I did it, uh, world hunger. Now, I hate headlines like that, like, like first of all, because like it's very abstract, how are you going to solve it? Second of all, it's so sensationalist to be like 2% of x billionaires wealth could do x like i don't think billionaires should exist i'm also not here to defend elon musk but i do think headlines like that are a little bit unique yeah well spoiler alert it turned out to be bullshit okay so of course someone on twitter fact checked it and they said this fact check two percent of elon musk's wealth is six billion dollars in 2020 the un world food program raised 8.4 billion how come it didn't solve world hunger Oh, yeah. Owned. So it wasn't just it wasn't just someone. It was a legit doctor of something. Um, <laughs> I love so, that doctor of something. <laughs> was it just someone? It was someone of something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knows stuff. Okay. Yes. Um, Elon replied to that saying, "If the World Food Program can describe on Twitter exactly how six billion dollars will solve world hunger, I will sell Tesla stock right now and do it." Low key, good call. Yeah, low key, good call. He also said that it must be open source accounting so the public sees precisely how the money is being spent, which is also a really good call. Even though, you know, he's worth, I don't know how many billions of dollars, you still want to make sure that the money that you are giving goes to the right places, right? Is going to the cause. It is still interesting, like, tweeting that so frivolously frivolously means that... means that the money is there somewhere and your boy could probably go and do some research on a cause. Well, the money well, the money's tied up in Tesla stock. And that really that sucks for him. Sucks that all his money's tied up in <laughs> yeah, flourishing the, the business. poor man doesn't have it in his checking account. <laughs> so yeah, of of course things aren't ever as simple as they seem. The head of the WFP replied to all of this saying that the headline wasn't accurate. Surprise, surprise. And six billion won't actually save world hunger, but it will save 40 million people from the brink of starvation. Which is no laughing matter. That's a lot of people. No, yeah, 40 million people. Oh, my God. Mm. Apparently, it's like a perfect storm between COVID, like geopolitical issues, um, supply chain stuff. Like, it's a it's a pretty pretty big emergency at the moment. Since all of this happened a few days ago, the trail has gone pretty quiet, like, Deals like this obviously aren't done over Twitter, so it's kind of not surprising. Um, but it has kind of backed Elon into a corner, right? Like, if he doesn't give the six billy like he kind of said he would, then he looks like a dick. But on the other hand, all he sort of said was, how do you solve world hunger with six billion dollars? So I'm not sure where the where this story is going to go from here. We'll keep tabs on it and let you guys know, I guess. Yeah, the positive outcome would be that some of the money that he says that he has goes somewhere for something good. But like you said, we'll keep tabs on it because deals don't get done over Twitter, but it's where a lot of problems get exacerbated. Yeah, get aired and sometimes get solved. Mm. So anyway, yeah, Luce, New Zealand had a big election this week. They did. They did. New Zealand had their annual Bird of the Year election or awards, if that's what we want to call it. Now, Nick, you actually got a message from one of your mates um, asking if we were going to cover this, eh? Yeah, yeah. My um, my good friend Nick, he's he was leading the charge for the, the New Zealand Falcon, who I did vote for. Karate New Zealand Falcon. Sadly, we didn't take it out this year, but who did? Well, the bird of the year was won by something that is not a bird. Something that is a bat. 
However, <laughs> it's not just any bat. Something that is a bat. <laughs> Something that... <laughs> a bat, Lucy. Something that is a bat. But yes, not just any bat, the wonderful, cute little peka peka taroa or long-tailed bat, which is one of two bats in New Zealand and not one of two species of bat. We don't only have Yeah, there's only two bats. Larry and Trevor is what they're called. (laughs) Two bats. And it's one of the rarest mammals in the world. It's actually only like the size of your thumb as well, which is kind of cute. Now, you might be wondering why a bat was in the running with all the birds, and that is because Forrest and Bird, who run the annual awards, decided to throw in these bats into the ring, not just because it was Halloween, but because they're actually a critically endangered native species and they needed some awareness. Now, they got that awareness, and also, if we were to have a bat of the year, it would only have two contenders. It's not quite as compelling either, is it? Bat of the year. Bat of the year. No, like cause cricket bat, like tennis bat, golf bat. <laughs> yeah, my, my favourite's the tennis bat, yeah. I would have voted for that. <laughs> uh, for legal purposes, I am joking. I know it's called a tennis club. <laughs> <laughs> so my favourite part of this story was actually that the Bird of the Year Awards, um, while they're wholesome and cute, have really not been without its scandals. In 2019, there were actually fears of Russian interference after hundreds of Russian votes poured in. It turns out that they were actually legit, and Russia has just a lot of bird fans. Now, the year before that, there were apparently a couple of hundred fraudulent votes from someone over in Aussie who was attempting to rig the contest in favour of none other than the shack. (laughs) And last year, apparently, a hacker slipped in 1,500 votes for the Puku Puku, which is the little spotted kiwi so it's just i live for the drama i mean as far as scandals go they're not exactly world-breaking but they are like cute new zealand's new zealand style scandals new zealand style scandals that like other countries are obviously um involved enough in to interfere i mean it's basically like we're a superpower you know the u.s had russian interference with their elections and so have we yeah absolutely who needs anzus (laughs) not us (laughs) yeah not us yeah No, obviously not. No, but the response I got to Bird of the Year and the coverage that I did of it in the newsletter was was honestly really, really cute and positive. And look, looking forward to it next year, Dal. Yep, next year the Falcon's going to win. Now we're moving from birds and bats to squids, are we, Nick? Yes, we are. Um, It wouldn't be an episode of The Shit Show without mentioning Squid Game, would it? (laughs) No. Now, Luce. If someone had come up to you a year ago and told you that the Squid Game crypto token had tanked, what would you think? Honestly, I actually wrote about this in the newsletter this morning because I wrote about the Squid Game crypto scam. And I said, the first sentence was like, three of these words a year ago wouldn't have made sense together, like whatsoever. I'm sorry, the Squid Game crypto coin tanked, or whatever you just said, feels like a game of boggle but with four words. <laughs> See, uh, spoiler, I sent this to her yesterday, so she stole it and put it in the newsletter, um, which happens all the time. Spoiler, she's educated. <laughs> Look, it's called it's it's called Synergy, Lucy, and it's uh, companies love it. You get your synergy from your energy, Nick B the G. Oh, on with the story, darling. 
in a nutshell, scammers made a fake cryptocurrency under the guise that it was going to be used in a computer game version of the uh, the South Korean TV show Squid Game. Um, they since took all the money and ran away with it. Yes. Now, how much money did the scanners make? Uh, they made about three million US dollars, which, in the grand scheme of things, isn't as much as I thought it would be, considering like NFTs are going for. 60 million and things like that but if you invested in squid squid i think it's what it's called squid you'd be pretty pissed off about it because now you're left with nothing well you're starting to sound like a bit of a billionaire over there nick saying that three million in the grand squid of things isn't really <laughs> yeah loose three million eight shit talk to me once <laughs> talk to me when something's going for 60 mil and maybe yeah. i'll hear you out also love that we didn't acknowledge that I said the grand squid of things. Yeah, I thought about it, but then I thought I'd better just let that one go through to the keeper. <laughs> yes. What else can you tell me about the scam? Uh, so it went from a few cents per token to over $2,800 a coin, um, then pretty much instantly back to zero when the creators took all their money and all the like promotional material and the website and all the social media stuff with it. So it's basically just disappeared. And I have to ask, like... Did this look legit? Like, were there red flags? Was there a red light to the green light of Squidcoin? Oh, God, you're good at just tying everything in, aren't you, Luce? <laughs> I know. I love for it. Yeah, there were a couple. Number one was all the spelling mistakes on the website. Like, that's never a good sign if you're trying to palm something off as legit. Mm. And number two was you couldn't sell the tokens even if you wanted to. And this is actually, like, a really common thread in all the crypto scams. Like, guys, be careful because there's actually a fuckload of crypto scams happening at the moment, and there has been for a long time. And and the real crux of them is you can buy into this coin and they can make a fake database that shows the coin going, the like price going up and down, but you can't sell it. Mm. So they tried to justify this. And the BBC actually posted an article about it a few days before it tanked, which added to the legitimacy of it. They wrote that the scammers are using innovative anti-dumping technology that limits sales if not enough people are buying it, um, which is kind of like a foreshadowing i guess because what exactly happened maybe i'd be able to keep a boyfriend if i had innovative anti-dumping technology <laughs> yeah well lucy turns out that doesn't work uh, oh shit actually no all the people i date need anti-dumping technology because <laughs> they're at my whim <laughs> yeah like you date people Liz. yeah literally. Um, only squids <laughs> i had this what does it even mean <laughs> only bats only cute little bats no stop so I was thinking in the tractor today, Luce, that we should start a crypto called Shitcoin. It seems like a pretty, pretty easy way to make a few mil. Oh, again, sounding like the mind of an evil billionaire. Now, Nick, don't they call, um, doesn't Elon, or don't people call coins shitcoins? Like Doge? Dogecoin? Yeah, but I thought it just sounded good with like shit you should care about and Bitcoin. And yeah. There probably already is. Shit you should coin about? <laughs> no. Yeah, Lucy, I thought, I think Shitcoin is the, the best way to do it. I think we all sing. Oh, wait, that's just me on the mic. <laughs> Have you guys just, side note, seen that meme with Victoria Justice saying, I think we all sing? I think we all sing. I've definitely seen it. It's been, um, you've, you've said that for about the last 15 years of my life, Lucy. Now you've got something, you've got a pretty good news story for us. Yes, and actually, this is going to double as my good news story because I had another one and this one just massively tops it. So, Nick, did you know about the missing four-year-old from Australia, Cleo Smith? Yeah, I heard about it a few weeks ago. What's going on? 
Cleo Smith is a four-year-old girl who went missing um, for 18 days in a remote part of Western Australia. Now today, at the time of recording, she has just been found alive and well in a locked house. So what happened was that Cleo was camping with her family and she was sleeping in a tent beside her younger sister's cot. And when her parents woke up, she was gone. So obviously there's been a huge hunt for the four-year-old Cleo and, you know, money put on the table for any information that anyone knows about it. And, and it's been going on for 18 days. And then today, police smashed their way into a locked house in Carnarvon where they found her. So a 36-year-old man um, is in custody and is being questioned by the police right now. But Chloe has been reunited and she is back with her family and... Honestly, I constantly say that relief is my favorite emotion. And can you imagine the relief right now, Nick, of this family? Oh, man. Even I'm feeling relieved. Like, imagine being that family for the past 18 days. Like, how horrific would that have been? I know. And I think the whole community was just like, I think it was quite a tight-knit community. Everyone was banding together. And this must just be like, like just a a great day to have Chloe back. So that also doubled as my good news story for this week. Nick, do you have a comment of the week? Uh, yes, Lucy, of course I do. Uh, I always prep for the for comment of the week. Oh my God. Every week we get on here, Nick's like, just about, we're just about to start recording and Nick's like, oh my God, I don't have a comment of the week. So like there's been a few weeks where only I've brought one. But that's fair, Nick, because every time my comment of the week is actually just me shouting out a post or something that I've done. It's never like a comment. So please tell me you've got an actual one. I think we all don't prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just give me your comment, bruh. Okay. um, So on the post that you you stole from me that I stole off Twitter. um, (laughs) Always. There was a... The uh, the world leaders tossing a coin in the trivia fountain. My favourite comment this week was from Hello Neve. To be fair, this is more than they have collectively done so far, which is true. Which yeah, which we we cannot deny. I actually did a big roundup of every every like pledge they've made at the conference in Glasgow, and honestly, it's just like pledge this, pledge that. Like I just I'm very disenchanted by it all, but also like. At least there's something. At least they're making a wish. Again, not sympathetic to the billionaires or the world leaders, really. Yeah, at least they're doing that. But they could do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, they're leading the world. <laughs> Why did I turn into a robot just then? It's because all world leaders are actually robots. <laughs> no, they're not. Don't spread that. <laughs> yeah, that's a headline one to happen. What about you, Luce? Do you have a comment for us? I don't have a comment, but I did want to um, point out... So, Luce, you <laughs> don't have a comment, and you just spent five minutes calling me out about it. All right, cool. I roasted you, anyway, but I'm continue. also the boss of this um, podcast, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've just self-proclaimed Yeah, that. but I'm the older sibling, so technically True, that trumps that, it. That actually trumps everything, and like you are the person that is going to have to look after me in a crisis, so shame. Anyway... My, I don't have a comment of the week, no, but I do want to point out, I've been doing these like mundane polls on our Instagram stories and people, I encourage people in the newsletter to send me some today and they're like the best things ever. So yesterday's was, do you prefer um, unloading the top or the bottom of the dishwasher? Because I 
get up in the morning. A single mom who works two jobs. <laughs> Shut seen, up. Have you seen that meme? Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> At least I'm a child of the internet. Yeah, true. So, um, God, the singing is back in force this week, eh? Anyway. You had one um, week off and it came back double as hard. <laughs> I know. I, got up, I get up in the morning and I, like often I'll make the coffee and do the dishwasher. And I was thinking, wow, ever since I was a kid, I've much... Actually, no, it's changed. When we used to have to do it in the morning to get the neck, I preferred doing the top drawer, and I don't know really? why. And you always prefer doing the bottom drawer. But now, yeah. in my ripe old age of 24, I prefer doing the bottom drawer and the cutlery. Don't mind the cutlery at all. Like, big time. So I put it on the story, and at this time, like, 53% of people prefer the top, and... The other percent, which I can't work out of my head right 47. now. 47. <laughs> 47. <laughs> Prefer doing the bottom, which I actually found to be quite fascinating. Were you surprised? Um, well, I always thought it was going to be kind of even, but I much prefer doing the bottom. And the cutlery as well. It's even better when people sort the cutlery into their respective little parts of the cutlery holder. That makes it so much easier. Like, what kind of, not to use this word loosely, but psychopaths do that? Well, not our flat. It's like, that's like the epitome of your present self, like safeguarding your future self or like making life easier for your future self. And I sometimes do that, but not when it comes to the dishes. And today's poll, which will be done by the time of recording, is um, when you're saying for fuck's sake, it's basically like, is it for fuck sake, for fuck sakes, for fuck's sake, or for fuck's sake with an apostrophe between the fuck? And the s- well, I don't say the apostrophe, but it's definitely for fuck's sake. Yeah, because the fuck owns it. Like for me, like speak your truth, sweetie. But for f- oh, it's 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 sake, yes. isn't it? For but I've had a lot of people you know. saying that it's an option I didn't even give. Picture this, everyone. For fuck's sake, but there's apostrophe on the outside of the s of fucks. Oh, Lucy, this is too much. I know. It's gone too much. Anyway, that's actually a post on the grid as well, so you can go and see that um, and maybe comment your two cents or sign up to the newsletter and email me your two cents because your girl loves to hear it. And with that, Nick, with my description of words that should be read and you probably thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, Lucy. See, I think I say for fuck's sake. Anyway, um... Shall we wrap this shit up? Yes, I think we should. Lucy, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on the Instagram over at Shit You Should Care About, but you should find me over um, writing the daily newsletter because that's the light of my life at the moment, as I say every week, and I reply to all your messages. I also love hearing the feedback um, about me and Nick on the podcast, even the bad stuff. It's really funny to me, and I always send it through to Nick, so keep doing that. Nicholas, where can they find you? They can find me at the Shit Show Podcast on Instagram. Just type Shit Show Podcast into your search bar and you'll find it. Yeah, and you've been smashing the content over at the Shit Show Instagram, so please do go and see Nick over there. And also, it really helps when you share um, how you listen to this to your stories, and we love to see it when you're on your walks, the bits you liked, the bits you didn't, so keep on doing that. Awesome, Lucy. That's us. That's us. See you next week, everyone. See you later.